Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome to She Leads Podcast, Season 5, Episode 1. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, a mother, businesswoman, and leader. Our guest for today is Michelle Hall Duncan. Michelle Hall Duncan is the president and CEO of Encourage Kids Foundation, a leading U.S. nonprofit focused on humanizing healthcare for children and their families by resourcing impact-driven pediatric programs and supporting child life community. For more than two decades, she has cultivated relationships with child life staff and all levels of hospital administration, developing an integral understanding of trends in creative therapies, which has served to help position encourage kids to be on the forefront of state-of-the-art programming in pediatric healthcare. Michelle's passion and warm personality, combined with her leadership expertise, has made her a sought-after speaker and board member. She is a trustee of Children's Specialized Hospital Foundation, where she serves as board secretary and chair of the governance committee. She also serves on one of the advisory boards of one of the nation's leading anti-bully organizations, Stomp Out Bullying. And she is also a board member of the New York City chapter of the Association of Fundraising Professionals where she also serves on the Professional Advancement Committee. A native of Flint, Michigan, Michelle is a proud graduate of Michigan State University with a BA in advertising. And she's been an active associate member of the Essex Hudson chapter of Jack and Jill of America, Inc. for 10 years. Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Michelle Hall Duncan. Okay, so Michelle, welcome to She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. Thank you so much, Nicole. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. I want to let you know that I've read your bio and I want to say kudos to you for choosing to focus on pediatric health care in an effort to humanize the experience for children and their families. I think that's awesome and very much needed. It is. I mean, I, I thank you so much for that. Most people don't know this. Three million kids get hospitalized each year. And I'm not talking about, you know, showing up and, you know, having a, a finger cut or whatever and going into emergency rooms and being then discharged. They are severely ill enough that they have to be admitted. And so with that huge amount of children out there that are being hospitalized, we're really trying to help them with their psychosocial well-being and their families as well. People, you know, for those out there who, who know children who have been ill, there's nothing worse than watching your child or a child that you love go through a sickness. So we are, we are always happy to help in that way. Thank you. That is awesome. Yes. Okay. So are you ready to talk about leadership? Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would you agree, Michelle? 
I do. I do agree with that. I think that, you know, from watching children especially, they figure out ways to help each other. I see it in the hospitals all the time. If uh, a group of kids are watching a performance or doing anything in the hospital where they're in a group, you'll always find that you see one child that's out there leading the others, looking out for the others. I see leadership everywhere. And what's wonderful is when you have an opportunity to help people grow into their leadership. It's one of the things that I love and I love doing. Okay, thanks for that. I love how you said that people, you see the kids helping each other, because to me, that sounds like you equate a leader to someone that helps other people. So I love that. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Absolutely. Okay, so can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? You know, it's funny. I think I would say at different points in my life, that I've had the epiphany that I was a leader. And it could have been when I was asked when I was a a kid to lead the class in doing something and I was able to do it correctly. And I, I got that, you know, endorphin rush from, wow, everyone responded to me. I was given an assignment and I fulfilled it. To in college, running a certain club or being able to, galvanize, you know, the floor of my dorm to do something. And I would say, wow, I was a leader in that way. I I got everyone to listen to me and to execute something that we all wanted to do. And I would say most recently, it was when I was compared to someone that I admired as a leader. I was giving a speech and it was very emotional, obviously around sick children. And when I finished Someone said, wow, you sound just like so-and-so. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I admire that person so much. She's such an excellent leader. And so I think all along our journey as leaders, we continue to get our, our leadership skills bolstered. And we continue to get buy-in from those that we lead and from other leaders that let us know, wow, we're on the right track. We're doing the right thing. Okay. Thanks for that. I love that. And I do agree with you. And I like how you talked about the endorphin rush that comes along with realizing that you can accomplish things that you may not have known you could accomplish. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I love that. And then I love your reference of how leaders gather others together, get other people to listen, and leaders remind people of other great leaders, right? That's what I heard you say. So. It's so true. It is so true. I mean, I definitely look at so many people that I that I know and that I admire, people that I have access to, people that I don't have access to, admire their leadership skills and, and how they lead because everyone doesn't lead the same. And I've learned to have an appreciation for different ways of, of manifesting leadership. Okay. Thank you for that. All right. So in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same. Michelle, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? Wow. One thing that I would say a leader needs to do is to be consistent. Know your authentic self and be consistent in that manner. Don't try to lead like someone else leads. For instance, I'm not a micromanager. And I tell people, 
I remind my team that I, I can't do it. I, it's something I'm not good at. I remind interviewees when someone comes to us and they, they, you know, they're interviewing for a position, I will say, I want you to know that I'm not a micromanager. So I can't lead that way. I think that you know how you lead and stay consistent. Another thing that is part of my code is I like to determine how other people like to be led. And that was very difficult for me. I realized that I couldn't apply the same principles to everyone on my team, that certain people are more sensitive, certain people work in a different way. And so taking the opportunity to lead each person individually allows me to lead the group collectively and in a positive manner, if you understand what, what, I, what I mean by that. You know, so yeah, that's my code. No, and I think that is an excellent, excellent code to have. And it is something that can easily be overlooked because, you know, the saying that they say, treat people the way you want to be treated, right? But that's really false. It's like treat them the way they want to be treated because everyone is individual and everyone has their likes and dislikes and they may not be the same as yours. So you can't assume. You have to get to know people and figure them out and treat them accordingly. And then it makes a better group, just like you said. So I totally agree with you. It's absolutely true. You know, the, the, one of the easiest analogies is parenting. If you have more than one child, you don't parent both, chi- both children the same, you know? It, different children need different things. And so you find yourself having to tailor the way that you deal with your children if you have more than one. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> okay. Thanks for that. All right. So I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, take more of an optimistic view. But Michelle, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you? I absolutely agree with you on that. I do hate to use the word failure. I mean, I don't believe in failure unless you're taking a test. I mean, that's a, that's that's an easy one. <laughs> if you're taking a test and you know what you need to get done and you miss the mark, you know, you get a 60 or whatever it is, then you can consider yourself having failed that, as would your teacher. But I think the only time you fail at life is when you give up. That's the only time. I believe, just as you said, everything is a lesson and an opportunity to go back and do it better, do it differently, and an opportunity to learn. There have been plenty of times where something did not go the way I wanted. Either I had an idea and it didn't work out, and I thought, wow, did I not envision that correctly? Were there outside factors that influenced? Were there inside factors with myself and maybe not doing the proper preparation or not understanding the landscape better. There are so many times where we just are down on ourselves because something did not manifest the way that we thought it should. But that's just a signal to circle back and try it again and and see if we can get it right the next time. And I don't even mean the word right. I mean, do it better, do it optimally. That's what I think that, failure actually alludes to the opportunity to take a challenge and go at it again and again and again until you perfect it. Mm. Okay. I love that. I love that 
Yes, and failure is an opportunity, right? And I like how you said it's just yes. a signal, a signal to circle back and figure out a different way. Like I like how you said, not right, right? Because I, I battle with that, like what's right or wrong, right? Because according to where you come from, how you were raised, what you were introduced to, right and wrong is relative, right? So it sure is. <laughs> yes, it sure is. Some kind of understanding like what works for you, what doesn't work for you in relation to your goal. And then figuring that yeah. out. Yes, thank Absolutely. you. Okay. All right. So, Michelle, let's get personal. Can you share one time you failed as a leader and tell us what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader? God, I could probably share more than <laughs> one time. <laughs> you know, because... I believe in just, you know, like a batter, the more you swing at the bat, the more hits and home runs that you're going to get. Gosh, a specific time. You know, it's tough because I one, one of the things that I realized when you said that, because I don't see things as, as failures, I don't absorb them as such. I also try to mitigate the potential for failure by talking things through. I don't lead in isolation. I actually bring my team in uh, many times on the ground level of my thought process around something. And so because I do it in a democratic way, and I think I use them as my own kind of uh, little test, you know, I, I poll them, I ask them if they think certain ideas are on track. I think I mitigate and lessen the opportunity for failure. There are times where, like I said before, that I absolutely wish that I had done something better. But I always see failure almost as a yes or no kind of thing. Again, if I go back to the the test analogy, if passing is 70 and you don't get a 70, you failed, right? But that 30-point differential between 70 and 100, which means that you didn't fail, you may not have done as well as you wanted, that's that area that I like to to work in. You know, it may not have been a home run, but it was it was good. It worked. So I wouldn't say that I think that's why it's difficult for me to come up with a failure where I really just did something that was horrific and everybody was like, boo, when I came to work the next day. I can't see that that happened. There's certainly been times where I wished I had done something better, but I can't say that I've ever experienced a horrible failure. Okay. All right. Thanks for that. No, and I do understand what you're saying because when you don't look at things as a failure, they don't have the negative connotation as it would when you do look at them as such. So thank you. And I love right. your advice to get people in on the ground floor, to get opinions, to take surveys to actually mitigate that from happening. So thank you. Yeah. I don't know everything. And I think that's what all leaders should understand. You really don't know everything. Yes, I totally agree. Okay. So, Michelle, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why? Wow. That's a great question. I think it depends on your environment. When, as you, I'm sure, do yourself, when you're interacting, I mean, you are out here interviewing female leaders constantly and they're coming from different parts of the country, different industries. Some are 
more male-oriented industries, some maybe more female-oriented industries. For myself, it's interesting because as a leader of a nonprofit organization that deals with sick children, I am often dealing with a group of people in the hospital called child life specialists. And it's an amazing profession that really deals with helping children through the absolute, just the pressure of being sick, just the everyday pressure of that. And as you can imagine, it will take a huge toll on a family and on a child. The majority of child life specialists currently are female. So I spend a lot of time with other female leaders. At hospitals, maybe leadership is primarily male right now, but that's changing rapidly. One of the things that I find is that women judge women differently than men judge women. Yes. And so when I am in a group of women leaders, I am on my game, Nicole. Like, I'm worried. Uh, I'm thinking, like, let me make sure that my I's are dotted and my T's are crossed because women do not play. They bring their A game, and you need to bring your A game to be part of any group of women leaders. And so I do think in that way, I wouldn't say it's more difficult, but it's more challenging, and you are required to stretch and to grow the majority of the people that I look at and I aspire to be like are women leaders. But maybe if I was in, you know, hedge funds, I might feel differently. I don't know. But because of the industry that I'm in, where I'm constantly dealing and interacting with female leaders, I would say the difference is that you really, really have to be on point when you deal with other women leaders. Okay, thanks for that. And I do agree that as women, we can more what I from my experiences more often than not give each other a very hard time, which is part of the reason that this podcast (laughs) has came about, you know, to show women that we can celebrate each other, we can love each other, we don't have to be so hard on each other, you know. So I do understand what you're referring to and agree that that is something that we battle and hopefully it is becoming less and less prevalent in the world. Yes, definitely. All right. So productivity is a hot topic right now, as it should be. (laughs) Many people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient. As a successful leader, this is a must. Michelle, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? You know, it's funny. There's a trend and, you know, there are all types of leadership books out there that I agree with. And that is to reject the notion of multitasking. I tried it. I try to do more than one thing at once. That may be where some failure might come in. You always (laughs) miss something out on the table, you know, incomplete, kind of frayed and frazzled. I believe that getting up every day with some intention around what you intend to do and focusing on one thing at a time if you can. And obviously, there are going to be interruptions to your day. But even trying to lead that way, I try to tell my team, hey, you know what, guys, I'm going to close my door for an hour. Doesn't mean you can't come in if you really need something. But I need to focus on one thing. And that's changed a lot for me. The ability to 
in my mind, arrange every task that I need to do as one thing, one thing that I need to concentrate on, as opposed to trying to juggle several tasks really helps. Now, I do agree that you should prioritize them. You know, there's definitely a a thought process out there that you look at what's most important every day and attack it, or the inverse is you get all the easy stuff done first, although then a lot of times you tend to run out of time. Mm-hmm. And the big important thing that you needed to do gets left to the next day, and that can lead to some problems. But I would definitely say my biggest thing is I would reject multitasking, and I would prioritize and try to accomplish one thing at a time. Okay, thank you for that. That's so funny. I actually, that's been talked about in several different episodes. And I will say that in the past, I used to think multitasking was a gift. It was one of the things that I highlighted on my resume as being so proud of. And then I realized that when you focus on many things, you don't fully focus on anything, right? So your your attention is diverted and you're not giving your all or showing up in the excellence that you could show up. So I totally agree with you. And I hope more people will understand that, yes, you can do many things at once, but being able to do something great, you have to actually focus on that thing. So thank you. Absolutely. Okay. So Michelle, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and tell us about the outcome or the takeaway that you had? Wow. Okay. An experience that blessed my leadership, I would say being a mentor. Being a mentor has been one of, I think I get more out of mentoring than my mentees do. And it helped me to understand, you know, oftentimes, and and I'll go back to us talking about women being hard on each other. All of my mentees are women. They're all female. And I find no greater joy than helping someone else find their purpose, drill down on what they really want to do in life, give them feedback on where they are unnecessarily worried about failure or appearances or any of that. I just love helping people breathe life into themselves because I know some extraordinary young women out there. And I think it's even harder in this this new generation of young women that have to deal with social media They have to deal with being judged, I think, more than I think that I did. They have a tendency sometimes to shrink themselves or on the opposite, be, uh, how can I put it, unnecessarily arrogant. And so Mm. I think it's important when you mentor them to drill down with them to here's the essence of who you are and here's what you want. Please, please, please be authentic. Please, please understand that you are an individual with great power, an individual with great potential. And I feel like when I'm mentoring people, I learn more about myself. And at the same time, I have the opportunity to help other women grow and and to show them by example that women will probably be your best friends and your best supporters from the cradle to the grave. I have to tell you, you know, I'm married and my husband is great, but my friends, 
they are really my life's blood, my friends that I've had from childhood, the new friends that I have. And, and I'm sure, you know, if you have girlfriends, those, uh, the ability to have those heart to heart conversations mm-hmm. that you always look back and you have a cheerleading squad that not only understands what you're going through, but they absolutely adore you. Women empowering women is one of the most important things that I think that we can do for each other. And, you know, for you to have a podcast like this, I loved when you sent your correspondence and how you made the play on the word leader. I just smiled when I saw that. I thought, (laughs) this is amazing. This is going to be awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I agree. I love that. And I, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about how it actually does so much for them more to be a mentor than they probably could even offer their mentees. So thank you for that. And I do, I love what you said, because I found myself in both of those situations where you said some people have the tendency to shrink because I've done that. And then to be overly arrogant, because I've done that too, because that's a form of defense as well. So it's like either you're hiding physically or you're trying to hide behind overconfidence or arrogance. So I definitely understand that. And I'm glad you've taken the charge to kind of to help women realize that you don't have to do that. You can just be you and still be awesome. So thank Absolutely. You. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. So Michelle, can you offer our listeners the best advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader? and tell us how you've implemented it into your life? I'm going to go back to the be your authentic self thing. And I think, you know, for women of color, it's particularly important. Each of us individually and collectively bring a certain aura with us. And I feel like perhaps in the past, we've been discouraged from being who we are authentically And me being my authentic self and presenting myself in the way that I'm most comfortable with, you know, I'm a professional, I am all of those things, but there is something about me being authentically me and me being a woman of color that is of great value to everyone around me because of the experiences that we bring with us that I think is super, super important. And so that's the best advice. And it's the thing that's worked for me the best as I've come up through the ranks and become a leader. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Be your authentic self. And I do agree, right, that we haven't been able to embrace who we were throughout history, right? So this, even though it seems so simple, it may be foreign because it wasn't something that was talked about or encouraged throughout our lives or, you know, in the past. And now it's like, everyone's saying it's okay to be you. And then it's like, okay, well, who am I? You know, you have to figure out who you are and then get comfortable with that person, you know? So thank you. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And, you know, then, and, and then our responsibility as women is to meet each other where we are, you know, not judge, but to be accepting and to appreciate what's different about each of us. Yes, yes, I agree. Thank you. Okay, so you made it to the finish line. How do you feel? 
<laughs> oh, this was great. I really enjoyed it. I, you know, it went by so fast. And when something goes by quickly, that usually means it was a good thing. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. I agree. Okay. All right. So, Michelle, I want to thank you again for being our guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events? products, services, and or ventures that they would benefit from knowing about? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much again. This was wonderful. And just so that everyone knows, and I know that it, it is in the, the collaterals that are on your podcast, but I am the president and CEO of Encourage Kids Foundation, and we are a leading national charity that helps humanize healthcare and, and helps sick kids. And one of the things that I'd love for people to do is to visit our website at encourage-kids.org and to find out about great stuff like a Giving Tuesday, which will be coming up on December 3rd. We do some great things. You know, Giving Tuesday is so popular now. Everyone knows what it is. Amazon talks about it. The internet talks about it. And it's an opportunity or while we are preparing for the holidays and right after giving thanks at, you know, at Thanksgiving time for us to give back to others. So I'd love to see uh, your your listeners view our page, look at our Giving Tuesday co- initiative around giving bears to sick kids in the hospital, and really just overall see what our mission is. I think it's something that so many people will connect to. And uh, once again, Nicole, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you having me on and what a great time I had today. Thank you so much. And I want to tell you how much I want to thank you. And I appreciate your insight today. Thank you. You're welcome. I really enjoyed this interview with Michelle. And I hope you did as well. I agree with Michelle's stance on women having a higher standard and expectation of excellence for ourselves and other women. As Michelle mentioned, women judge women differently than men. I am wondering if this comes from a place of, I had to work hard for mine, so you're going to have to work hard for yours. There's no denying that women have to work harder than men to be recognized, which in turn causes us to have higher expectations of others. I will be happy to see the day when we don't treat each other this way. It's old, outdated, and not beneficial. A quote by Michelle Haw Duncan reads, women empowering women is one of the most important things we can do for each other. I admire Michelle's understanding and appreciation of the different leadership styles people possess. As Michelle stated, everyone doesn't lead the same and everyone doesn't want to be led the same. Respecting individuality and taking the time to get to know those around us is crucial to being a successful leader. A quote by Linda Thompson reads, our uniqueness, our individuality, and our life experiences mold us into fascinating beings. I pray we challenge ourselves to delve into the deepest resources of our hearts to cultivate an atmosphere of understanding, acceptance, tolerance, and compassion. We are all in this life together. I can relate to Michelle's passion for women empowerment as I have the same. 
Uplifting and inspiring others sets my soul on fire. Successful leaders beget successful leaders. Our life experiences either leave us bitter or better. We have the choice to help others learn from our experiences in either a positive or a negative way. Affecting positive change is a choice. Being able to help others avoid your negative experiences and pitfalls is a gift. As with Michelle, I love helping people breathe life into themselves and find their purpose. Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week. Michelle mentioned the importance of being authentic as opposed to being overly arrogant or shrinking. When we choose to present ourselves in the way we are most comfortable with, we are embracing and walking in our authentic selves. According to Michelle, being a woman of color is of great value to everyone around because of the experiences that we bring. We are super important. I am a very transparent person, yet I struggle with being vulnerable. Complete authenticity is a setup for vulnerability, yet I know the freedom associated with it is priceless. Allowing ourselves to be fully seen and unapologetically authentic takes an immense amount of courage and strength. I will make it my business to find ways to come out of my shell and present myself fully in both personal and business settings as I know it will help me to grow and thrive. A quote by Caitlin S. Irons reads, shine with all you have. When someone tries to blow you out, just take their oxygen and burn brighter. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. My leadership challenge for you would be to think about the one thing you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend a training or listen to podcasts, I am to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. Don't forget to subscribe to She Leads Podcast for first access to future episodes. And also like and share this episode of She Leads Podcast entitled Be Confident by Michelle Hall Duncan. Thanks. And until next time, be empowered and empower on.